Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out de devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Today in the world we have lots of folks, a lot of false prophets claiming to be Christians. We see a lot of false theology and false doctrine today in the world. And of course at the judgment seat of Christ, these people will be exposed and will find out that they're basically not even believers. It's the ones who know Jesus Christ personally and actually do his will, do his work. They're the ones that will be rewarded. Those are the ones that have eternal life. Those are the ones who are saved. And so I think the main point today is to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to follow him. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Mano Paul. He's a missionary from India with Global Outreach Mission. He's presently residing in his home country of India. He and his wife Shoba have ministered many years down in Belize. And now they're ministering with medical students and trying to bring medical students in India to Christ. 
and then also to disciple them and challenge them to to go into the 50 hospitals that were once evangelical missionary hospitals in India and revive those ministries because many of those hospitals are closing down now. And so, Mano, we were talking just before we came on the air today about your future ministry with Global Outreach Mission. We're so thankful that you're in India doing a wonderful job, but we've been talking about maybe doing some overseas ministry. In the month of March 2011 on 26th, uh, I had a heart attack, an acute myocardial infarction. I was in hospital for five days, and by God's grace, I was treated uh, very accurately, very correctly, and now I'm doing pretty good. And after this, I spent some time alone with the Lord. Uh, I mean, because I look at it as a second chance which God has given me. I'm doing pretty good by health-wise, but now I just wanted to invest my years, my months, my weeks, whatever it may be, are doing what exactly what God wanted me to do. And uh, during this time, I thought of giving more time, not only just in India, but also to the other in other places uh, for our mission. We really love our mission, and uh, our mission has started a, starting a hospital in a place called Mokanji in Sierra Leone. I had the privilege of going with uh, our friends last year and was there for nearly three weeks, and the needs are acute. Maybe I can give some more time for this hospital every year. That's one I was thinking. And Belize, we have developed some very deep friendships, and the government of Belize are good friends with us. So I can give some more time to Belize also every year. I can go and spend some time, especially when teams from Global Outreach would come to Belize. I can be there and be an encouragement for them. And I know the country is so good. We have good friends. So I thought maybe I can think about Belize also. And our mission has a great work in uh, in Myanmar, which is very close to India. And Myanmar is one of my favorite countries. I can go there and uh, at least uh, three or four times a year, spend 10 days in each visit and be there. These uh, villages, they are in dire need, very difficult conditions. I can take some medication, do some health camps, do some teaching and encourage the believers. And it will be a great encouragement for me personally that my life is being invested in his kingdom. Yeah, praise the Lord for that, for your commitment to the Lord, uh, Mano. It just, we just always have appreciated how how close you walk with the Lord and how the Lord has used you over the years. You were telling me uh, yesterday as we were traveling around about your mother uh, sharing with you in a young age about Arian Judson. When I was young, my mother used to tell me about two missionaries, Adoniram Judson and Amy Carmichael. I really liked his life and I, I still have his biography with me. So it was my passion for so many years that I should go and visit uh, Myanmar and see the country by myself. And now that with the changed political situation, things might be easy for me. And moreover, our mission, our own mission has some work. I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to work along with our friends and be there. Yes, we have um, an extensive ministry in Myanmar. We have missionaries in uh, the old capital of Gangoon, and uh, we have an orphanage there, and we have uh, a couple churches that are planted there. And then we have a ministry up in Mandalay, and our missionary there has sort of a, a rehab clinic for uh, alcoholics and drug addictions. But he's also planted, I think it was 32 churches around Mandalay. And then up in the Kenya area, we have a seminary that's uh, about three years old. And uh, the Lord's provided, and we've been able to, to buy several acres of land there. 
and they're now building buildings. And I'm supposed to go in September of this year to uh, to be able to teach in the uh, the seminary there. And so we have lots of opportunities there. And if if you would be coming and uh, Dr. John Look will be coming, we'll be able to do maybe some medical ministries there and do some evangelism there. Uh, and it's against the law even today to actually preach the gospel on the street or try to gather crowds outside of designated areas. So it's very difficult to be uh, sharing your faith there. But we've been able to do it in, in quiet ways and in small groups and in homes and, and in those kinds of settings. And so the Lord's really blessed us in those areas. And you would be a great addition to that. And and coming from India, the people there would uh, would accept you. It's such a Buddhist country. It's it's so lost. You just feel an oppression when you you land there. It's just been in darkness for so long. But just recently, the government has has loosened their strings on the church on Christians, and it, I, we're just hoping and praying that it's a new day that we'll have more freedom to preach the gospel there. Well, man, it's been a real privilege to have you in our studio today, and may the Lord bless you and. Um, we look forward to ministering with you in the future. Thank you, Brian. We should thank the Lord for our global outreach mission. Thank you. I would really would like to join you. We want you to come. We'll, we'll make it happen. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour and for your prayers and your financial support. This is a listener-supported ministry. Without your help, we cannot continue to be on the air. You may know, this is the oldest Christian broadcast in North America. It was started back in 1927, and we depend upon the Lord and your gifts. We continue because of your prayer and support. This month we are offering a great booklet title. When is it right to die? It really has end of life questions that are very, very important for all of us to think about, trying to determine for ourselves. My wife and I have made living wills and we talked about these issues and of course, it's really important for us, such questions as, to support if you have healthcare directives so that your wishes are carried out in your life. This booklet will really help you make those decisions. One of the topics it covers is called enlightenment. That is, it talks about mercy killing, in the Bible about the end of life challenges and how to try to help overcome them. It also discusses the inexpressible value, of your soul how important it is. The author quotes, Matthew chapter 16 verses 25 and 26 would say, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul a working man given exchange for his soul? Basically, Jesus is saying that a single soul is worth more than all the wealth, and all the world and so it must be treated with the highest respect. So I'm sure that you will benefit from reading this booklet and your loved ones will benefit. You can get your copy by writing to Mission Go, at Box 1210 Street Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7 or the United States of Box 2010 Buffalo, New York, 14231. And please don't forget to pray for this broadcast each day. Thank you so much. Oh,
Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco and is entitled, Man's Journey to Belief in Christ. Printed copies are available upon request. Today I would like to share with you a Bible story of a man who took a very important journey, a journey to belief. I like true stories, so I don't spend much time reading novels. There are just too many stories in real life about courage in the face of hardship of great endurance and a final triumph. The Bible abounds with them, and I find them much better than any fiction. Today's story is no exception. It's about a man's journey to belief in Christ, and it's found in John's Gospel, chapter 4. Let me read it. Now after two days, Jesus departed thence and went into Galilee. When he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. And himself believed, and his whole house. What a great story this is. We are privileged to look in and see how a man came to a belief in God that changed his whole life. This is really what the story is all about. So let us look at it. First, let us look at the nobleman's position. Scriptures do not name him, but calls him a nobleman. The Greek word used indicates a lower member of royalty. So he was probably a ruler or an officer somehow connected to King Herod and the royal court. He had a high position, a respected position. 
then he had a position of wealth. For verse 51 speaks of his servants, and to possess several servants surely suggests a position of wealth. He has a family, a young son who became ill, so he has a wife and perhaps other children. Although we do not know his name, we do know that he was living the good life. He had position, wealth, a family, and things seemed so very rosy. Then one day, his little son became ill with a fever, and we see the nobleman faced a crisis. His little son became progressively worse, and his noble position was no longer of any help. All his wealth could not stop the progress of the fever. The boy was at the point of death, the scriptures say, and the nobleman had run out of options. He was at the end of his rope, we would say. Undoubtedly, he had tried every avenue of help available to him, but all to no avail. In the face of death, the nobleman, nobleman was confused and totally helpless. What a picture this is of so many in our day. There are many who have good jobs, the money is adequate for a good living, they have found a life partner and may have a family. Life is so good to so many. But in all of this, there is no thought of God, there is no thought of eternity, and worse, there is no preparation to face either. Suddenly, a life crisis comes, perhaps the tragic loss of a loved one, or of a job, or of an unexpected sickness, and all that people have seems to be totally inadequate in the face of tragedy. But as we read the Bible, we find there is hope. For verse 47 says that the nobleman heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee. It's wonderful to see how God ordains circumstances that lead us toward himself. At the darkest moment in the life of this nobleman, he hears about Jesus. This was probably not the first time he had heard about Jesus, for he lived at a time when the expectations of the promised Messiah were reaching a feverish high. John the Baptist had just previously ignited the fire again with this hope by his preaching. Matthew 3 says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Verse 5, Then went out to him Jerusalem, and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So we see that John's ministry greatly impacted the people of his day. Even Herod had been impressed, for Mark 6 and 20 says, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him, and heard him gladly. So John's message of repentance and of a coming kingdom, which would mean a coming king, was known even in the highest circles. Later when John was killed and Jesus began preaching, the crowds were moved in a greater way, for Jesus performed great miracles by the power of God. The context of our story of the nobleman suggests that the whole area had known first of Jesus cleansing the temple at Jerusalem, of the money changers and the hypocrites, and those who sold animals for profit. Now, such news as that would have traveled far and wide and quickly. 
Also, Jesus did many miracles at the same time, chapter 2 and verse 23 says. Then, of course, sometime before, Jesus had changed the water into wine at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. What a miracle that was. And the reason, it says, was to manifest or to make known his glory, John 2, 11. So the nobleman would certainly have been aware of the great events that he had heard about Jesus, who claimed to come from God and demonstrated this proof, or demonstrated it by proof, of healing the sick, the lame, and giving sight to the blind. And now this one, who claimed to be the Son of God, had come again a second time to Cana. The nobleman had not felt any need to seek out Jesus before. He had been content with his life, but now he was desperate. His whole life had been turned upside down. His precious son was dying, and he hears that Jesus, the miracle worker, had come to Cana. That was just a little over 20 miles from Capernaum. Can't you imagine the wheels of thought that were turning in his mind? Jesus is come to Cana. Would he come to Capernaum? Would he do a miracle for my little son? The questions flew thick and fast. What would people think of him in the royal family going to Christ? For many scoffed and rejected this Christ and his message. Then in verse 47, we see the nobleman's resolve. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him. What precious words. Out of fatherly concern for his little son, he cared not what others would say or think. You can see him jump into his two-horsepower or perhaps a four-horsepower chariot. That's all he would have and would speed his way to see Jesus. God had ordained the circumstances of this great encounter. I'm sure I speak to some today who, like the nobleman, may have heard about Jesus, perhaps from your father or mother or grandparent or friend. But you were too, too busy living your own life and going your own way, and you have ignored the one who came from heaven to die on a cross for your sins and who awaits you to come to him and receive forgiveness. Will you resolve to make your way to Christ, who is near enough to hear you call? For Romans 10 and 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has worked out the circumstances of your life so that you would hear this broadcast along with perhaps other things. Now you need to choose. Will you resolve like the nobleman to come to Jesus and receive him as your Savior? I trust you will. Then let us note, too, that the nobleman's resolve carried him through some disappointments. When he did meet Jesus, and instead of immediately going with him, Jesus tests him with the words, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Verse 48. This was not so much a rebuff, as some people suggest, but rather a test. Jesus is saying, Are you serious or just curious? Jesus will have no response for those who are simply curious, who just want to see something new. The nobleman was serious. Sir, come down ere my child die. Then he faces perhaps the most difficult thing in his life. Jesus said, go. The nobleman had preconceived ideas of how his son would be healed. Jesus would perhaps come with him 
they would quickly make their way to his house in Capernaum. Jesus would go in him and go with him in a stately manner into the home and perhaps lay his hands upon the boy and, and, and heal him. You see, he had his own ideas of what would happen. And most of us have our own ideas of how we will get to heaven. We are not that bad, or we're as good as some people around us, or we know some Christians or religious people who claim to be religious, but they don't do things that we do, and we know we're better than they are, or we do so many wonderful works. Surely that would make us be okay. Jesus made the nobleman face the truth. He was about to learn that Jesus does not meet us on our terms. He is God, the Son. We will receive forgiveness and blessing only on his terms. Go. Go on your way. Go alone. I'm not coming with you. These words were perhaps a shock to the nobleman, but there were also words of promise. Thy Son liveth. Would he believe? Would he have faith? For faith in God's word is an eternal requisite. The just shall live by faith, Romans 1, 17. Then we have perhaps some of the most important words in all of the Bible. Verse 50 says, The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. He didn't know very much about Jesus. And he surely must have pondered in his mind, is it going to work? Am I a fool to leave and go on my way thinking my son is healed? But he decided to believe the word spoken and to trust in faith. Friends, the Bible is really the words spoken by Christ, for the Holy Spirit of God has inspired them. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. First or Second Timothy 3.16 here is God's word for us. Will you read it, believe it, and act upon it? The nobleman did, and he received so much. He was well rewarded. His son was healed, and more important, the nobleman found that Christ was God and believed in him for himself, and then led all his house to faith in Christ. The nobleman received a great reward. He set out to find healing for his son, and he received that, but he found more. His own soul needed it first. He traveled a short 20 miles to meet the Son of God, and as a result, he was prepared now to travel all the way to heaven, and more significantly, to bring his family with him. Can you think of a more exciting story or ending? I pray today that you will take that same journey a journey to personal faith and belief as the nobleman did in the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope this week's message was a great blessing to you and that you can apply this message throughout this next week. Here at Canada National Bible Hour, our concerns are to make sure that everyone listening to this broadcast is a true believer in Jesus Christ and that the gospel is very clear. But God made provision for this, and he sent the best gift he has is Jesus Christ. Jesus became a babe in the manger's virgin born, 
He went to the cross and thought about you for your sins and took those sins on his own body, that cross paid the death that you needed to pay for your sins, but he took our place that day. If you have faith, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved as an act of faith. You need to pray now and ask God to come into your life, pray this sincerely pray he will do that. Also, we want you to write in this month to get the booklet When Is It Right to Die? This booklet covers many of the end-of-life questions, and we wish you to get your copy of this booklet. It is essential for you to read and share with your loved ones. Please write Mission Goar Box 1210 Street Catharines Ontario L2R787 or in the United States of Box 2010 Buffalo New York 14231. You can also hear past broadcasts on our website which is missiongo.org-radio. That's m-i-s-s-i-o-n-go.org-d-a-s-radio. If you do this, you'll be able to get all the broadcasts. Thanks for listening today. We continue blessing on you throughout this next week and please, the Bible teaches that all of us come short of the glory of God. Because of that, we are not eligible to be in God's presence because He is a holy God.